When we looked at design, it was never about styling, but always about being part of the solution if doing the most performant and the most comfortable running shoe ever. That was David Alleman. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, it's Marnie. Welcome back. Hope you had a great holiday. I thought today's episode might get you motivated and inspired after a long weekend, your Thanksgiving feast. It will certainly have you excited to hit the ground running into December. Today's guest, David Alleman, is the co-founder of On, an incredibly cool running company that began with one professional athlete's quest for the perfect shoe and a revolutionary idea. Today, that shoe concept and design has evolved into a worldwide running sensation and global brand. Their proprietary cloud tech technology has shifted the paradigm for running sneakers and is a game changer for runners everywhere. This cloud tech technology is engineered to deliver a soft landing followed by an explosive takeoff. They are truly super light with great bounce. I can say from my own experience of running in them. The company started in 2010 with three customers, also the co-founders, Olivier Bernard, Casper Capetti, and David. Now they have 5 million customers around the globe. I may have been one of their first hundred when I discovered the brand back in 2011 at a triathlon pavilion. Today, I sync up with David about where and how it all began, the challenges along the way, On's organic growth, the inspiration behind the brand, and training that fuels him for success. But before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a few great deals being offered to Marnie and the Move podcast listeners. On would like to offer you the opportunity to take their sneakers for a test run for 30 days. Head over to their website, www.on-running.com slash Marnie on the Move, and use the code TRYME, capital T, capital M, upon check out. If you don't like the shoes, you can return them. But again, I have a feeling you're going to like them. They have lots of options for all kinds of running and training. I personally have the cloud surfers and clouds. Additionally, Marnie on the Move podcast guests Bobby Brown and Sun Potion are offering special deals for listeners. Get 10% off your first time purchase of Evolution 18 product. Go to evolution18.com and type in Bobby 18. Please note the 18 is 18, not spelled out. Also, get 10% off at Sum Potion with the code Marnie on the Move. Go to sumpotion.com. Finally, don't forget to head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com, sign up for our newsletter, The Download, to learn about upcoming events, deals, and giveaways. Leave us a five star review on your listening platform if you like what you hear. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Marnie on the Move. Okay, on to the episode. But before we get started, a word or two about our fueling partner, Renee Fries. 
Today's episode is fueled by Renee Fries Hair Care Products, the all-new Scandinavian-inspired cloudberry-infused line from world-renowned hairstylist Renee Fries. Renee was recently a guest on the show and brought me some products to try. I was immediately hooked after using the products. They really, truly are amazing. I tried the thickening cleanser and conditioner and the styling cream. These products have been game changers for my hair. As you know, I'm training and exercising almost every day, swimming a few times a week. The cleansers and conditioners are super light, nourishing, simple, and they smell great. Of course, they are paraben-free, not tested on animals, and full of great natural ingredients, including extracts from cloudberry, rhodiola, and birch. Head over to his website at reneefries.com or shop his Amazon store at amazon.com slash Okay, now on to the episode. Tell me about where it all began. Well, it all began when Olivier took a few of ugly-looking running shoes out of his bag, which were the early, early prototypes. So he and an engineer had glued little garden hose pieces underneath the shoe to kind of test out the radical new concept. What if running shoes would not just be about the material play, kind of more or less mattress under your foot, Mm -hmm. basically? Or how would it be if you would actually be able to engineer an outsole so that it is essentially soft when you land, but then very explosive when you uh, push off from. And Olivier was a mutual friend of Casper and myself. So the three of us had met and we told Olivier, you're completely insane to want to launch a running shoe that's a very crowded market and then out of tiny Switzerland of all places. But we stepped into the shoe. It was an amazing feel and we took the big plunge and here we are today. And what year was that? That was in 2009. And then we officially started in 2010. And in 2009, we kind of tried to find uh, manufacturing partners, worked on the technology to just kind of make it market ready. But official start was at the beginning of 2010. What were some of the challenges in the beginning? Yes, absolutely. We had never done a shoe before. We were coming from completely different fields. Casper and I, Olivier was a professional runner, but he had never done a shoe. Casper and I came more from the business, marketing and design field. So I remember flying out to Asia, having nothing but our prototype in my bag and going to find a factory for actually producing that. So that was a kind of the early days. What were you doing before you launched on I was starting one of the first digital agencies in Switzerland back in 95. So that was the really early days and then helping McKinsey launch a startup incubator. I used to run one of the biggest advertising agencies in Switzerland and then was the CMO of a design furniture company called Vitra. So I've always been at the intersection between innovation, business and creativity. So launching a shoe, doing a shoe that is based on technology, but is also aesthetically appealing of course, was for me a dream come true. Talk to me a little bit about cloud tech and the technology behind On. Well, it's a pretty simple idea. How can you engineer an outsole that makes it very soft to land, but then in the middle of your stride, change its dynamics so that it becomes very hard to have an explosive push off? We feel the running industry was always about materials. It's, it's more material, it's different materials, but it was 
rarely kind of an engineering idea behind it. And if you think a little bit about other um, sports materials, like for example, bikes, then there for a long time, there was a discussion about, should it be out of steel or aluminum or even other materials? And then somebody came along and invented bike suspension. And the whole material discussion was gone because kind of inventing suspension is, is so much better. Similar thing when it came to skis, was always about should it be now a metal kernel or a wood kernel and then somebody invented carving and and that changed the dynamic and in a similar way we moved away from a material play and said hey how can we engineer the form factor of an outsole so that it almost works like suspension and is very soft when landing and then explosive when you push off from and did you bring a lot of your design and marketing background in technology into the mix of on? Yes. From the beginning, we felt, hey, the magic is in the product. So we often say, we don't even talk to you about the technology of the shoe until you stepped into the shoe, because we feel that's our reason for being doing a superior product that gives you a unique running feel. But then, of course, if something is also visually pleasing, there's a, a much higher probability that somebody is interested in your product on the wall. And we also felt there was in design not just kind of an aesthetic opportunity, but also design could become part of the solution. Because when we looked at running shoes, they were almost over-decorated. It was all about um, running shoe bling. What was the industry like when you launched? Look, I mean, when we looked at the running wall, we saw a lot of decorated shoes, lots of material on the shoe to buy, basically give you the impression I'm a performance machine. And we felt there's an opportunity because that doesn't add to the functionality of the shoe. We stripped everything down with minimal Swiss design and highlighting actually the technology. And that kind of almost introed a new, a new design language in the running industry. We, we were inspired by other players. I mean, at one point, a computer player came and said, hey, does everything has to have blinking lights and lots of stickers on a laptop to be a performance machine and slimmed it down to a very sleek machine. And we took very similar approach in the running space. I feel like you really shifted the paradigm when it came to running footwear with your technology and design. How many styles did you start with? We started with the Cloud Surfer, so our very first shoe. I think we had four colors back then, two for men's and two for women's, and it developed quite a bit from there. And now how many styles do you have? Now we have soon around nine different models, two of these models also in the trail running space. So it's from neutral shoes to race shoes to support shoes. The advantage of our technology is that we can almost engineer the feel of your run. Depending on how many of these hollow pods that we call clouds put underneath your shoe, what's the size of the cavity, what's the thickness of the sidewalls. So it's almost a little bit when you design the suspension of a car, you tune it to make it turn it into an SUV or into a race car. I love that analogy. You know, now you head up and oversee design, marketing, and direct-to-consumer business at ON. What are some of the career lessons and skills you brought over from your years before you were a co-founder at ON? Things in two fields. One is 
just a design approach. I had the privilege to work with some of the best designers on the planet and very much also kind of in the spirit of famous American designer, the Eames. They were always kind of in their design philosophy, designing, for example, the famous lounge chair by the Eames. They always had the philosophy, strip everything away that's not needed to at the end end with a design that supports the function. And that is equally true when you want to do the most comfortable chair than if you want to do the most comfortable running shoe. And so kind of when we looked at design, it was never about styling, but always about being part of the solution if doing the most performant and the most comfortable running shoe ever. So that's been very much kind of applying my experience from the design field. Probably in the marketing space, Casper and I, my co-founder, we almost had to consciously forget what we knew about classical branding. Because for a lot of the brands that we worked for, actually, the product was not so different. And we had to do everything with just marketing sugarcoating. When it came to Dion, we saw the big opportunity that this is a product that looks and feels very different than everything else. So in a sense, we saw the product is the hero again, product is the marketing. And I think we live today in a world where kind of the internet almost enables us to be back in the global village, where you know you get the best bread loaf from, is it now kind of the bakery on the left side or on the right side of the village? Because it's all visible, a Kickstarter product with an amazing product, you a huge visibility across the planet. And so that was our approach to marketing as well. We have a fantastic product, so let's really start with word of mouth. And the word of mouth has been really organic. I mean, you have 3,000 people wearing your shoes running the New York City Marathon. That's pretty awesome. Yes, we probably have now 5 million fans around the planet. Great to have some of them here in New York. So you have 5 million consumers that are shopping and wearing on. Yes, absolutely. And it's been amazing how engaged and supportive they have been. So that's so rewarding to see them running the on and then kind of a few days later coming back with their families or with their running partner to one of our retailers and basically telling them, hey, now try this shoe. That's kind of spreading like a wildfire. That's amazing. I mean, it's and it's been so organic. I mean, what was it like in the beginning? Do you remember even like how many runners you had year one? Yeah, well, we started the three of us. So uh, we <laughs> so took you had it. three runners. <laughs> so, so, so we took Maybe it. Maybe four because uh, I was wearing them. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we took it yeah. from there and it was really kind of in the literal sense, step by step. We, uh, we went out to some of the best running specialty retailers, had them try the shoe, went on a run with them, saw how they got excited. Then also between retailers, it became word of mouth. So that was your marketing pretty much in the beginning until recently, or you're still doing word of mouth? We're still doing word of mouth. Thankfully, social is enabling us to do word of mouth on a big scale. So word of mouth engaged athletes who are really kind of big fans of the shoe, our great ambassadors, our retailers as our best partners are an important expert word of mouth that mm-hmm. helps the brand to grow. But it's been really growing organically and it's just becoming a great community. I see on everywhere. There are so many great styles, colors and designs. Runners love them. I know the sneakers are available in many retailers around the globe. 
Would you ever open your own retail shops? We're already doing our own retail, but very much together with our retail partners. We have now around 5,000 retailer partners around the globe. Around 500 of them have done running shop-in-shop experience with us, also often the start of uh, fun runs. And having our own website and a web shop is a tremendous learning opportunity for us because we have a direct contact with our customers. So we're getting lots of feedback on the shoes and of course, kind of moving fast, we incorporate that feedback into the next model. And then you, you don't only have shoes. We got a little bit frustrated a few years into the journey because we always, we couldn't go uh, running naked and we didn't want it to wear other brands. So we curated almost our very personal running collection. So we said, how does the very best running shirt look for us? How, what's the best short? What's the best rain jacket? And we created a very small capsule collection of 12 pieces and started with that. And the response to that has just been tremendous. And now we expanded and a running collection of very high-end pieces out of light Japanese fabrics is now. Where do you get some of your design inspiration from? There are so many routes. I mean, I think the most important one, we get the inspiration out of a very close conversation between our sports scientists, our engineers, and our designers. So that starts very much similar to like we're sitting here, Marnie, around the table, and we have conversations. We do very quick tests of rapid prototyping. We glue something on a shoe. And that's probably the first and most important inspiration because sometimes a functional idea comes from a designer or a design idea comes. We don't do it sequentially, but we do it together together also very much with athletes and with our test runners. And then kind of inspirations come from all sorts of routes. Architecture is definitely an inspiration, but of course also streetwear and fashion. Speaking of athletes, you had a lot of elite and pro athletes wearing on at the 2018 Ironman World Championship in Kona, right? We had more than 13 athletes in the top field. We were very happy that Bart was bringing a silver medal home, and it's been incredibly inspirational to see Javier Gomez racing first time on an Ironman distance. And we had uh, Tim Don coming back. That's been a huge journey for him, and we were alongside him in that year. And that kind of dovetails into your Taken to the Edge campaign? We're celebrating inspirational athletes, but also in the inspirational individuals who go the extra distance, who take it to the edge, as we call it. And we do evenings with uh, conversations with interesting individuals, where wide our community. As many of your listeners will know, Tim Don got badly injured on his bike by a car just the day before he was supposed to become the Ironman world champion a little bit more than a year ago. And that was a moment when his contract was up for renewal. We were there with him. We decided on the spot, we're going to support him immediately. We're going to renew his contract and we're going to almost create an alternative public moment for him that was slipping from his fingers at that moment. And we hired a documentary filmer. Which who, the documentary is amazing. Thank you. So that's been a journey. And we've been there with him. He was incredibly brave and optimistic. His family was incredibly brave. He 
went to the extremes, took it to the edge to, to come back. And doing how brave he was, was amazing. We're very, very proud of being partners of Tim Don. His recovery story is so incredible. People can watch the documentary still online, and I'll add a link in the show notes so people can download it. It's still online on many media channels. There's a great article in the New York Times or in the Washington Post that came about his journey back and now kind of him coming back after this bad injury to Kona and completing the race. That was fantastic. What inspires you? I'm coming from an architecture family. Did a little bit the twisted turn to go to law school, but immediately felt after that I have to come back to the creative industry. That's why I ended up in digital agencies and in leading advertising agencies, because I, I was always kind of inspired by creating ideas that have impact and really move people. I think architecture is a field that does that. I think that also applied arts of advertising or of um, creativity do that. And definitely product design is something that has an incredible impact. I think product design in our lives has also reached a whole new level in the last 20 years where design really became an inspiration of kind of what emotionally connects you to a product. And so I've always been really fascinated by product design and had the privilege to work with some of the best architects and designers in my role at Vitra before on. At on, we have partnered in the very, very early days, even before we'd started with Tilo, Tilo Alex Brunner, who's an amazing designer. We found him as a young designer and he had never designed a shoe before. So we felt that's an excellent match for a guy who produced the shoe before and that has helped us to be very distinctive. And Tilo has, for me, been a, a partner in crime in the whole eight years that we've been now in this journey. So we created shoes together, we created the, our apparel line together, we even designed our offices together. So it, it's I'm sure your much, office is beautiful. It's a great space. It's kind of very, um, call it a campus. So lots of people are visiting us. It's been a great journey to work on a creative end product. Your headquarters are in Zurich or Portland? Our main offices are in Zurich and in Portland, so we, we don't limit that. So we have an office in Zurich that was the original one. We opened up an office in Portland where now kind of our uh, team of 50 people in the U.S. is, or at least parts of that team. But we also have an office in Tokyo and one in Berlin and one in Melbourne and one in Sao Paulo, and we're just opening Shanghai. So it's become a very global team. We fly everybody once per year to Zurich to talk about what's coming next, what are the exciting products that are in the pipeline, to make sure that new friendships develop, uh, to also party together, because it's great to be on Slack, but it's even better if you know the person on the other end of That's your text cool message. That's such a company culture. No, it is because half of the people who are at on today haven't been here 18 months ago. So you've done a lot of hiring in the last 18 months? Yes, and uh, every two months, probably 20 new people start. They have their onboarding together. So people from different countries meet and kind of are the, the specific class of that month. For us, probably something of the almost the most valuable about ON is the incredible team that we built. Technology will always change. Design will always change. That we stay relevant, that we constantly innovate, that we do great things is really dependent on bringing the best people to ON. We're super happy to have an amazing group of people and to evolve that 
in a way, the team becomes even greater with each person that comes to us. Do you have a company philosophy? We're very much inspired by the athlete spirit, which essentially is the human spirit to push it and to push the limits, be that in a athletic limit. It can also be a creative limit. It can be a scientific or technological limit. So we want to have a culture that wants to go the extra mile and be curious and try new. What's your philosophy around running and being a co-founder of this global evolving business, traveling all around the world and then having a family and a four-year-old daughter and kind of doing it all. It's probably easy to have a philosophy. The reality <laughs> then kicks in and you still have to try to manage everything together. I mean, I think one thing that's important to me is really to mix uh, work and play. So we try to work very focused, but then also have a time to take off and spend time on the weekends with our families and kind of unwinding and doing sports. We also have a great team and three co-founders. So we tend to take our vacation. We encourage everybody at our company to take their vacation because yeah. we feel time off, um, time also for inspiration, for sports. That's so much more enriching to kind of go that extra mile that we expect at on afterwards. And what kind of sports fuel you for success? Running is very much my sport to switch off and to unwind. I'm not an athletic runner. I'm really kind of a, an unwinding runner. I'm a skier, so I do lots of skiing in the mountains in uh, Switzerland in wintertime. So we just got a drop of two meters of snow. So we're good to go for the winter. I do kite surfing as well. Kite so, surfing? So, Did you know that I windsurf? No, I didn't. So for me, kind of kite surfing is the skiing of the summer and the perfect combination. Where do you kite surf? Mostly in Brazil because they have an amazing feature. They switch on the wind at 8 o'clock in the morning and then switch it off at 8 o'clock in the evening again. That probably only exists at that beach because honestly, I spend my entire summer waiting for the wind. It's not worth like rigging up your gear unless it's like over, at least for me, unless it's over like 15 or 20 knots. Exactly. And they have a very solid fan that's blowing the whole day. Yes. That's so funny. Are there any entrepreneurs out there that really inspire you or founders or... I'm, I'm naturally very inspired by, um, by entrepreneurs or designers that bring technology and how something works differently and designed together in a way that it almost creates magic. And I think, of course, Apple has been doing that. So for me, the best example has always been kind of the, the small blinking light that breathes on the laptop and basically says, I'm sleeping as a laptop. Is that now technology or is it design? It's almost at the intersection. And that's for me an excellent example of what happens when technology and design come together. So you live at the intersection of technology and design. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to bring very much together. Prior to on, you worked with some really great furniture designers. I had amazing experience to be involved in the Vitra House project that we did together with Herzog and Dumeron, the Swiss architects. And I'm inspired how they approach a, a new project always as a totally new project. So they don't have, they very much beyond just one language. They always look at the project as a blank page and a greenfield approach. And 
being involved in that and how that develops is a great experience. Back to on for a second. You mentioned when you walked in that you were opening, that you were expanding to China. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. We've been in Asia and in China early on. And in the early days, when Olivier and I went out to factories developing, we developed shoes in Switzerland, but then we got first prototypes out of the factory and we had to uh, test them and run them in the morning. So we went out running early mornings in China and we were very much alone. So kind of, we probably some Chinese doing a Tai Chi somewhere in a park. Uh -huh. But we we're always running alone. And just recently, when we went back to China, we were amazed how many runners are out there in China. And we feel it's kind of almost a pivotal moment in China where people see discover running, discover uh, healthy nutrition as well. Right. And where running and a healthy living almost becomes a new status symbol for China. Really? So uh, five years ago, the number of people in China who ran were uh, tens of people in the U.S. Now that's completely changing. What's after China in terms of market expansion for On? The U.S. We still feel On has so much potential in the U.S. And the U.S. is our biggest market at On. We have an amazing team here. We spend a lot of our time here and we just feel that the energy for sports in the U.S. is unique. And very much being part of the core fabric of running in the U.S. is incredibly important to us. How many countries are you in? We're currently available in more than 50 countries. Um, we have our dedicated teams in around 10 countries. It's become a very global team. And it's still amazing to bring everybody together and to see that despite all our team members coming from so many different backgrounds, that they still share very much a similar... And then how many retailers are you in? Um, we're in 5,000 retailers. How many are in the U.S.? Around 1,200 of those are in the U.S. and we're adding another 400 this year. That's great. Are there any cities that you're not in that you want to be in? We're uh, just discovering Shanghai and Beijing. Yeah, I mean, in the U.S., we're pretty much available in, in, all, in, in all major cities, but we somehow forgot your city, then you can always find us in the global internet. What is your outreach currently, your ambassador program or influencer program for athletes? And is it just athletes or could it be someone who's a fitness instructor? Yes, absolutely. So in New York, for example, Don Salatino is one of our ambassadors, but we also have many local ambassadors. So in the US, we have more than 100 local ambassadors who are just very much engaged in their community, big fans of all. So uh, many of them actually come to us and ask us whether they can do something with us. And we're, of course, supporting them in any way we can. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marnie. Great to be here. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com, and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Android, and more. Also, sign up for our newsletter. Just scroll down to the bottom of the site, to the bottom of the website, and hit sign up because we are gearing up for some really big, exciting announcements, deals, and giveaways. Thanks again for tuning in.